John, episode one, Strangers in My Life podcast. I'm really excited. Well, I'm excited, and I'm glad you're excited. I'm yeah. excited you're excited. And this is, uh, it's kind of interesting, this is the first episode, and it's actually a remote broadcast. Yeah. You're on the road. I'm in Chicago. I had to put all my little toys in a box, Yeah. and I drove down here. So we're here. John, um, you know, I realized we've known each other for probably like 13 years, right? 2000 God, or so? a long time. Right? Yeah. I don't think I've ever asked you the correct pronunciation of your of last, my last name. name. Yeah, I'll tell you what I think it is. Okay, what do you think well, it like is? If I, well, now I'm thinking about it too much. Okay. I would have, I say, John, let's see. So if I was like introducing you to someone, I'd say, yeah. John, ooh. Yeah. Ugolini. You know, that's funny because that is technically the right way to say it. But that's not how you say it? No. I say, <laughs> <laughs> I say Ugolini cause, just because that's what I thought it was my whole life. Until one of my relatives, yeah. I heard like you know like uh, an old person say it at right. a family gathering, yeah. and they always know what they're talking they know. about. Yeah, 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 they're the ones that make the good food, and they're <laughs> the ones that actually came from Italy off the boat. Yeah, they yeah. came from off the boat. Where I come from, I, suburbia. See that I'm not. This is not. Uh, I'm not kidding you. I actually put what I thought like the pronunciation was there. That's good. I wish I would have had that I for my graduation phonetically to give the name reader. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we've got that straight, episode one, we're here in John's kitchen. Yeah. We have uh, our water glasses and beer koozies. And beer koozies. As not to create... Uh, Too much noise. Noise in the microphones here. Yeah. Uh, I guess I should get the business out of the way first. We have a website. Yeah. S-I-M-L-podcast.com. That's an acronym. Yeah. Strangers in my life. Easy to remember, right? So you can go there. I'm not every episode. I'm not going to read through all the like the music credits and stuff. But if you go to the website, that's all there. You can listen to our at this point one pass show, hardcore porno links, yeah. you know stuff like the that. basic. Yeah, you could check it all. Internet accoutrements. Yeah. <laughs> and we're on the Twitter. We have the Twitter. Well, it's really my Twitter. Uh-huh. I didn't create. I thought about creating one just for the podcast, but then I got depressed at the idea of like having four followers on that. Yeah. So I said, well, I'll just keep mine and have that be like the official show Twitter. And that way I've got like a built-in following already. And, and really, who has time to manage more than one? No. You think you are. It, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those I, people no. that have multiples? <laughs> right. Come on. No, get, come on. Settle down. <laughs> uh, so I thought as a way, I mean, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, we don't really see each other that often yeah. anymore, like maybe a couple times a year. Yeah. Because I'm living up there in the, the great north. Yeah, cheese land. Cheese land, yeah. beer land. You're down here in civilization, yeah. doing your thing. But I see you once in a while. But I thought, well, uh, maybe for future episodes, mm-hmm. I will have some kind of like icebreaker game to play with the guest as a way yeah. to kind of loosen them up. I mean, I don't think we're going to... You got one now? I do. But I, I realized on the drive down here that I actually stole this from okay. that NPR show, uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Oh. Kind of, I think. It's not exactly. I didn't, it's not... It's like, appropriate. Let's workshop it. All right. <laughs> so I went on uh, the internet there, and I yeah. found some... Uh, I th- what did I type in Google? I said, uh, offbeat news stories. Okay. And so I found some headlines, and these are real news stories. Uh-huh. And I'm going to read you the headline, and you have to try oh. to just finish the headline, basically. Finish the headline, okay. Right. So the first one, maybe this will be the practice one. Okay. I've only got three sure. of them here. All right. So the first one is bucket list. You know what a bucket yeah. list oh, is? Yeah. I just learned what a bucket list is. Yeah. It's like things you want to do before you die. Yeah. Is that because I like, kick the bucket? Is that where bucket? I think so. Okay. So bucket list item leads to women's arrest in Florida. What did they do? Ooh, that's a good one. Women in Florida. Why do people go to Florida? To die? To die. Or, or people. To Disney World. Yeah. So it probably involves it's both the- of those things. Women go to Florida. You to, see, you're imagining like there. a Thelma and Louise type thing. Yeah, right. I like that because there are two women involved in this story. Let's run with that. All right. Where would they drive their car off of in Disney World? Maybe like right into just the Magic Kingdom, right, right into in, a gate, right into it's a small world. Yeah, and like the robots are spinning around and sparks are coming <laughs> out and the kids are screaming. Right. Especially if the boat, like uh, the actual ride, still functions, but there's a right. like a just wreckage of a car it's in like the water. In, in clifford remember when he's on yeah. the t-rex ride yeah and yeah. it breaks yeah no it was stupid they were in a walmart and like one i guess one of the things on their bucket list was they wanted to uh commit theft retail theft 
Idiots. So they went to Walmart. One of them's walking around eating beef jerky that she pulled off the shelf. Okay. And the other one's, I think it was like bathing suits or something. She's stuffing bathing suits into oh. her bag or something. Yeah. What kind of Walmart can you not get away with this behavior? Right. They must really police their Walmarts down in Florida. Yeah. That DeKalb Walmart. Right. In our college town, you could do anything in there. Yeah. It was, it was like Escape from New York. Yeah. In that Walmart. I would not be surprised if people had sex in the Walmart at like three in the morning. In like the tent, the yeah. tent section. Yeah. You see a lot of weirdos there at three in the morning. Pretty much any time, but especially yeah. <laughs> three in the morning. Yeah. All right. So we've broken the ice. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think of that game? Is that stupid? I like that game. It's good. I should yeah. keep it. Maybe some variation of it. All right. Because it kind of introduces you to listeners too, right? I don't yeah. know if anybody's actually listening to this podcast. Yeah. I went on, you know, because I have these uploaded on SoundCloud, uh-huh. and you can see how many people viewed or listened to the file, and that's public, right? Like, I don't have to log in to mm-hmm. see it. You can go on there right now and say, oh, the, I know how many people listened mm-hmm. to episode zero. Yeah. And I, I checked it again this morning because I, you know, get, like, compulsive about that because yeah. I think, oh, this is going to be a failure. Nobody's listening to it. <laughs> why am I doing it? Like, why am I waking up in the morning? But it's got like ninety something listens, oh, wow. which is not bad so go. for the first episode. Just the practice one too. So your friend listened to it like eighty times. Well, I know for a fact I account for about fifteen of those, <laughs> at least. Uh, but yeah, okay. So maybe maybe somebody's listening, and if they are, so now they feel like maybe they they have a better sense of who you are. Right, right. And maybe. if they aren't, sometimes it's good just to do things for yourself. Okay, so if we enjoy it, yeah. that's all that matters. Sure. All right. I like it. All right. So, well, we kind of already talked about this, but I first met you about 13 years, 12, 13 years mm-hmm. ago, give or take. We were both at Northern. Yeah. Doing our undergrads. Yeah. Now, one of the things I like about this podcast series is, like, mm-hmm. I have a terrible memory. Yeah. And I think you're one of the few people, like, one of my few friends who mm-hmm. I actually, like, I actually remember mm-hmm. when I met you. Sure. Or like when I first kind of uh, became aware of you. Right. Do you like what's your kind of uh, memory of of that time when we first kind of got introduced to each other? My side of the story, huh? Yeah, I think it's because I remember uh, it was. So I, at the time, I had been working on this uh, with the Residence Hall Association in DeKalb, Illinois, Northern Illinois University. Me and like this guy Alex Fernandez, right? Mm-hmm. We he had this idea to start like a public access sketch show. Right. And uh, everyone got really excited. It was one of those things where you have like some idea, some ambition. Uh, all these people get really excited about it, but then no one really follows through on right. it. Yeah, exactly. And we had to go, you know, we had this idea for this television show, as you know, but we had no means of actually producing it. So we went to the Student Film and Video Association, which is where I saw you. Mm-hmm. And I remember everybody in that room was like eating out of the palm of our hands. Like I remember... We were pitching it, right? And everyone was like, "This is great! This is gonna be big! We're gonna do this!" Right. Except because, like, the Student Film and Video Association, I was more or less a part of that yeah. organization, and like, we had a weekly meeting or something, uh-huh. and you guys came in with yeah. this idea, right? Okay, so and, you're pitching and, it, and we, when we left that meeting, we actually talked about you. Uh, we were like, "Wow, that went really well!" Except for that guy in the unbuttoned <laughs> Hawaiian shirt with the David Letterman T-shirt on underneath it. <laughs> And did you have like a dildo or something? Like some big no, penis? No, I don't think thing? so. Maybe I don't. Someone, I don't. it wasn't yours. Oh. It wasn't yours. Yeah. I'm not bringing this blue. I'm just right. speaking in my memory. <laughs> like I remember there was something that, you know what? It probably looked like a penis, but it was something that somebody at the Student Film and Video Association was like super excited about some prop. Mm. It was like. Uh, yeah, this kind you know of sounds I mean? familiar. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember the details, but as they you're talking it. about it. Yeah, I can't imagine what it actually was, though. They were presenting it, what it was, to you guys. Yeah. Like, hey, I have the ability to make right, things Right, right, now. right, right, right. Like he was going to be a like a, the, the craft yeah. craftsman or something. The craftsman. Yeah, right. Make dildos for so, our... So, yeah. <laughs> he just brought that in just to, you know, show the, the right. whole, like... Uh, the pinnacle of his work, <laughs> right. his abilities. Uh, but need dildos, I can do that. I can do I'm that. dildos. So we, you know, and then the the follow-up to that is, like, that was the first impression. And then as we started planning the show, we hosted our own weekly meetings for this, like, television show, right? Right. And at the first one, a few people from the Student Film and Video Association showed up, including you, and then a handful of other people, a lot of people who were excited about it. Yeah. But then weeks passed, 
and everyone deteriorated except for you and uh, like a, just a small group of other people. And then it happened. We did that happened. TV show for we a little bit. That. Yeah. And it was kind of, yeah, that was interesting because the Student Film and Video Association, do you remember that guy, uh, Brian? He was like the older dude. Yeah, he did the, the Star Trek thing or the trailer yeah, Trek. Yeah. And he was, I think at the time he was the president. Like he was the one yeah. kind of running the show. And I got hooked up with those people through my friend Steve. Do you remember him? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's cousins with these guys I went to high school with. Right. And we just happened to be at, at the same school. Um, but the thing about a lot of those guys was that they knew about production things, but they didn't necessarily right. have ideas, uh-huh. you know? Like, they, they were kind of waiting for people like you and Alex to come along and say, here's this project we right. can do. And then they would say, okay, we can help you do that. Right. But that was what was interesting when you guys came along because I was more interested, I think, in kind of the creative side of things uh-huh. as opposed to the technical side of things. Yeah. And you guys came along and kind of had this vision. I think we kind of quickly realized, well, we the technical stuff really isn't that hard. No. Like, we can do that, too. We don't really need anybody. Back then, else. that was kind of a revolutionary thought, though, because this oh, yeah, was yeah. before, like, really the advent of, like, consumer level. Yeah, right. iMovie yeah. or this consumer level editing software and stuff like that. Yeah, because remember, I would edit that television show in my my dorm room yeah and then once it was done you had to render it yeah like kids listening to this they won't know what that even means you know but like <laughs> you fi- yeah you finish editing the video and then you have to render it which it took like a day a day no literally you <laughs> yeah. know like we would go out come back at like four in the morning and it's like 80 percent done or something yeah. you know you want to watch it you can't but there was also, we had that connection because of uh, the radio station. Because yeah. you were doing a show on the oh, radio yeah. with, uh, who were you doing it with Bill and Jim? Yeah, Bill and Jim. Three hot chicks. Three hot chicks. And you guys were really good at marketing. Yeah. Right? I mean, that was the point of the name. That's the point to get, of the name. To get attention. But you, yeah. I remember, because um, I think this was before any of that TV show stuff came along. I remember being at like right. the bus stop and seeing the flyers for three hot chicks. Mm-hmm. You know, what was it? WKDI, right? Yeah, WKDI. And um, it was just like our college radio station. And at first I thought like, oh, that is cheap. The yeah. three hot, like that's cheap. But then I listened to it, it you know, it like yeah. got me, it got me listening to it. Oh, that's right. Cause you were involved in radio that I forgot about that because I remember, I don't know where this falls in like my, um, like this was had to have been before the student film and video association meeting. But I remember distinctly listening to another show on WKDI, the cousins. I forget the name. Well, do you remember the name of their show? I don't remember like something cousins. One of the best ways to pass time in college Mm -hmm. or, you know, one of the most charming things about college radio is the like amateur production. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it would be fun just to sit in your dorm listen to these idiots like blather on about you prefer they don't you prefer that they not play music you would rather right. hear them talk about their day and like right. a bagel that they ordered for like breakfast at the cafeteria or whatever was wrong whatever seemed important to them right and a lot of times it was just like mind-numbing but really at the same time like super fascinating and interesting yeah and there was like this voyeuristic kind of quality yeah. to it you know who are like who are the other idiots around here <laughs> right. who want to talk about themselves you <laughs> yeah. know because we had the, you had that in common with them. Yeah. You know, there was part of you that wanted to listen, but like you had the show, right? right. So there was part of you that kind of wanted to, right. whatever, kind of divulge that type of information sure. about yourself. And the best thing about listening to a show on college radio, WKDI, that only two people are probably listening to is that yeah. when you do call in, <laughs> right. they will take your phone call. <laughs> And, and they'll it's put, fun. And they'll put up with anything. Yeah. Like, they'll talk with you until you're you're done. Right. Until you want to hang up. And that's where you came in. Right. Right? Yeah. Because I heard you on that show. Calling in. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. who is this guy? <laughs> oh, and then I called in saying yeah. that I was your character. Like, right. whatever character you were playing. I remember this so vividly, which is funny because, like I said, <laughs> I really do have a terrible memory. Yeah. And this is, you know, 13 years ago, 12 years ago. But I would call into that show and I would basically do Andy Kaufman's mm-hmm. foreign guy character. Right. Like I just ripped that off. Yeah. Because at the time, like when I was in high school, I was really into Andy Kaufman. And, and I figured nobody knows, no, you know, at yeah. that time. Because there wasn't really, I forget when that movie Man on the Moon came out. Yeah. But that was maybe like late 90s. I don't know. But anyway, I thought I could call in and be this character. And these, these two idiots, they're not going to know that right. I'm ripping a character off. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would call in and I would... At first, like, I remember the first time I called them, um, 
I was looking for my lost socks. And it was just like this. I mean, I, I must have been on the phone with them for like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, and I don't think they really knew if it was a joke or not. Like right. they kind of wanted to think it was because yeah. it was so ridiculous. But uh -huh. I also just tried really hard not to break character. Yeah. And so I think it got to a point where they they were thinking this this ha maybe this is real. Like this right. has to be. Yeah, and that became really elaborate. And I remember sitting in, in my room listening to their show when you called in yeah. to say you were me, basically. Because yeah. we didn't know each other. No, we didn't know time. each other, yeah. Which is really, I mean, what are the odds, yeah. you know, that all of this would happen and we would actually meet right. each other in an unrelated way. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so you called in, pretend to be me, and that pissed me off. I was so mad. I was like, this guy's going to take my yeah. thing and run with it. Like, yeah. I laid the groundwork for this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was all intentional because I knew that you were going to be listening. And I thought, yeah. wow, that's like a whole other level of prank phone calling. Right. Because this guy, I knew that you were prank phone calling them. Right. And that's what kind of made it funny is that they didn't know. Right. So I knew that you would be listening and that when you heard me ripping off your ripped off routine, yeah. you know, it, was, it would create this fun thing. And what that led me to do was, I remember, because I was like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, how do I kind of reclaim what I thought was like my throne? You know, yeah. this was like this in-joke I had with myself. What was your character's name? Like Philippe or Philippe. something? It was Philippe. Yeah. And no, like I hadn't talked with anybody about this. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew I was doing it, you know, so it wasn't. You had a voice like, and everything. Yeah. And uh, so when you called and pretended to be me, I said, well, what do I do? Like this guy stole my thunder, even though it was only bothering me like nobody else knew <laughs> you know so i thought well i've got to go into the studio yeah now so i went to the thrift store i bought this like terrible 70s suit like everything was brown and yellow and green right. you know and it was the middle of winter uh -huh. i remember and i said because i would call them you know regularly uh -huh. and they always seemed to kind of dig it and I said, you know, maybe I can come to the studio. And they said, where do you live? I told them I lived in a dumpster behind the dorm <laughs> and uh, or the loading dock, you know. And they're like, well, do you need us to pick you up? And I said, no, I can, I can walk, you know. And it was like, what is it? That's like a couple miles. Yeah. You know, it's the middle of winter. Did you actually walk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought, like, I've got to do it in character, you know, right. because I felt like I was challenged by you. Right. I said, I've got to do it. Like, I've, I don't know what I, what I was trying to prove you to myself. You walked through the snow, like through the snow. Yeah. Is it snowing? Yeah. Well, well, I don't know that snow is actually coming down, but, but there, was was, cold. there was snow on the ground and okay. it was freezing. Yeah. <laughs> so I walked all the way from my dorm to the studio and I get there and like my face must have been purple, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, like shivering and they let me in there sure. and I do this whole like routine with, I mean, they didn't know it was a routine because this, at this point they think this is even more real than yeah. they thought before. Like here I am totally in character. There was never yeah. a moment when we were off mic that I said, yeah, my name's Ron, you know, I'm just doing this thing to mess with you. <laughs> like the second I walk in there, I was in character and I'm doing the whole thing, you know, the I'm, voice, everything the whole time. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, I, I was just ripping off like Andy yeah. Kaufman stuff, the, you know, just like performance art kind yeah. of a thing. And, uh, yeah, so we did the whole thing. We did the show. Um, they turn off the mics, you know, the show's over. And they're like, well, what are you doing now? You know, and I'm still in character, <laughs> I'm stammering. And yeah. And they said, well, do you need a ride home? And I uh -huh. said, well, no, it's no big deal. Because I thought, like, how am I going to pull that off? Right. It's better that they don't. Back to the dumpster. Yeah. So eventually they, like, insisted. They said, we've got to give you a ride. Right. And uh, so I said, well, okay. I told you, you know, I live. And I'm doing the voice, though. But I was like, I, I live in the the loading dock area behind <laughs> i think it was like lincoln i said they had to have grown but they dropped me off there yeah. and i waited there because i thought well they might circle the block you know to make sure i'm still there yeah. and i waited there for at least 30 minutes until i was convinced that they had left <laughs> did they circle the block i didn't i don't re i don't remember seeing them but i was just thinking like what if they do yeah so i just stayed put what did they talk about in the car ride they kept just trying to get me to break character you know like right they, I think they were right in between thinking that this was real and totally not real. Sure. And so they, you know, uh, they would kind of be, um, I, I don't know what the word is, like kind of deferential at moments. Like right. they didn't want to offend me in case mm -hmm. I, it was real. Mm -hmm. But then I think, you know, at moments they would kind of get an inkling, oh, maybe this guy's just pulling our leg. And so they would right. say like, oh, come on, what's your, <laughs> like, come, you, we'll take you to a party or we'll yeah. And I was, you know, I did the whole thing. About, they had to be like, careful not to offend you because you're their one listener. <laughs> <Right>. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but I don't remember really how that all fizzled out. I guess maybe then, you know, sooner or later that TV show came along and that yeah. kind of just took over because yeah. we kind of got immersed in that. Yeah, we did. And who knows where the cousins are today? <laughs> yeah, Probably to doing a podcast yeah. right now, yeah. like talking about us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, we did the we did the TV show, and it was basically how would you describe it? Uh, uh, also a derivative of Jackass. Yeah, basically, partially, which was huge at the time. Gigantic. Yeah. yeah. It's hard not to do that kind of stuff, though. Yeah. And it was just super easy and cheap to do. Right. We didn't have to really do, like, props or sets or yeah. anything. We quickly realized that anything I think we tried to do that was, like, a, like a straightforward sketch was, mm -hmm. like, really difficult. Because, number one, we didn't really have... Uh, our talent was very sub subpar for the most part. <laughs> Nobody was actually experienced. Well, it was somewhere between subpar and non-existent. Like, if you could even get people to show up, yeah. they were bad. So, and we took anybody that would show up. Right. That was the thing. Right. You had to have heart. Right. That's what we'll say. <laughs> just, just a pulse. Really. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was part like jackass like performance art some stuff right or like mm. there were band interviews oh right yeah know. we interviewed ozma we interviewed ozma yeah we had people submit music videos right and i remember at that time like i just had this fake email mm -hmm. and tried to really convince people that was legitimate by putting a signature that looked official on the bottom and like right. like rilo kylie and the blue meanies right. and all these like real big fish like legitimate people right who were, like big at the time sent stuff in yeah it was in, yeah, that was an interesting yeah. time. It was really exciting when, was exciting, when we'd yeah. get something from a band like that, yeah. you know, because they had never seen any of these episodes. Right. They didn't know how like low budget yeah. this was. It's very validating. Yeah. And people saw it. <laughs> That's the funniest thing is that it was like, it aired on, you know, in the, in the residence halls, they yeah. had like a, basically a public access television station right. almost, right? Right. But it mostly just showed ad. 23 of the 24 hours of the day right it showed like a slideshow of things going on in the dorms like different advertisements and stuff and occasionally movies right and occasionally right. movies i forgot about that yeah they would show some, like but like the same movies the same over movies, and over right. and over again and then just at like a weird time all of a sudden our television show would, <laughs> would be come on. on yeah but yeah, people did watch that. Did people recognize you? Uh, I don't, I don't recall ever having somebody like stop me and say, "Oh, I remember you from the show." Or right, uh, I know like people in our dorm because we lived in the mm -hmm. same dorm. Yeah, that was well, was that yeah, that was for a time anyway when we were doing the yeah. show. We were both in Douglas, right? Yeah. Um. So I mean, people knew there knew we were doing mm -hmm. it, but I don't, th I don't know that I ever had an encounter with like a strange. Did you? Uh, yeah, like a handful of just people in the dorms would just say, hey, I saw the show. Yeah. I saw the pizza box thing. Right. Which is what one of your bits. Right. And that, which was like very jackass inspired. Yeah. But fun. I yeah. mean, I think there's like that same voyeuristic quality to our TV show and the same low budget quality that existed in college radio. Right. And that's why people exactly. would watch it. Yeah. It you was know. something they could identify with. Sure. And, um, you know, in terms of just oh, I know where that's taking place. And for some yeah. reason, like, I know when I see a movie or something mm -hmm. and it's I know the locations, like, somehow you're just more invested in right. it. It's like, oh, those crazy guys are running around on our campus doing this stupid yeah. stuff. But, like, the pizza box thing, basically I dressed up in that same yeah. Philippe suit. Yeah. And we went, did, where did we go? Papa John's to get the boxes? Yeah, Papa John's to get the boxes. They gave us, what, like, 20 pizza yeah. boxes, like, empty ones. And uh, I would just walk around and in, like, the most inappropriate places, just drop them. Mm -hmm. Like, in the crosswalk, right? Like, where right. Uh, cars are waiting to go through the intersection. Or I went on the bus <laughs> and I would just, like, throw them all. Like, I pretend yeah. like I tripped and they would fall yeah. over. And then, like, sweet old ladies would help you pick them sure. up. And then you would feel bad about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, uh, the best was the slow fall. Like when you would set them up and they would just, the tower oh, right, would just right, slowly right. crumble. And people would try to like reach out to yeah. stop because they didn't know if they were empty or like yeah. what the hell was going on, you know? Yeah. And they would just, yeah, they would start leaning and someone would go to stop them from falling sure. and I'd see that. So I'd have to try to tip them faster yeah. so at least some would fall. So we had two episodes. Is that all we did? And then we were canned basically how did the, I, don't, I don't how I have, did it go down i have no recollection of why we stopped doing it i took well it was very time intensive and like yeah. 
you and I were the ones that put the time into it. And then you did like all the editing pretty much. Yeah. That might've been it. I might've just gotten tired there was of just doing so much, that. Yeah. Yeah. It take the day to render everything. Right. But we, I remember like taking the episode, like the second episode to the, at the time, uh, this guy, Willard Draper, who was a really, really oh, right, cool, right, right. really cool guy, uh, who was pretty, pretty much in favor of the show happening where a lot of people didn't understand it. And they would begrudgingly take this VHS tape and shove it into their, whatever system they have. Right. Uh, and I remember that there was some sort of kickback about the, the show and like the format. And like, I, I think we were like creating trouble or something. creating trouble. Yeah. yeah. So we were shut down. Well, even if that's not what happened, yeah. I'd like to remember yeah, it. That that's way. what we're going to say. Yeah. yeah. Hey John, let's take a quick break. Yeah. And we'll be back. From a break back from a break back from a break um and as i was just telling john during the break i've got to read some thank yous here you know mm. i had the big fundraising campaign to yeah. buy these microphones and these headphones Those fancy stuff yeah and these pop filters yeah to pay for the hosting the yeah. soundcloud mm-hmm. to pay some artists for things have you mm-hmm. seen the poster that christopher pollard yeah, it's designed? amazing you like that I yeah love i like it, it a lot yeah. So uh, if people donated $25 or more, mm-hmm. which is still unbelievable to me that anybody gave me any money to right. do anything. <laughs> but if they gave, if you got if you donated 25 or more, you're getting one of those posters, right? Right. For free. I hope to ship those out. Um, actually, I'm going to try to get them printed up, print up this week. Mm-hmm. So those will be going. I'll send you one, John. Nice. Yeah. For being a guest. Put it up on the wall. Yeah. Nice. Suitable for framing. Suitable for framing. I think it's going to be uh, 11 by 17, which is a pretty standard size. So I'm going to read through some of the thank yous now. There's actually a lot of people here, so I might kind of do this in sections. Let me nail out a few real quick. Are you going to put a music bed under this? Should I? Yeah. What kind of music should we put under it? (laughs) I don't know. Something like terrible, like elevator music. All right. Or like... Music. uh, Herb Alpert or the something. Herb Alpert. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Although I'm trying to use music that I have permission to use. Okay. Just in case. <laughs> okay. You know? Um, but maybe maybe I can find something like that. Okay, so Dee Dee Peterson, Ryan Glenn. Oh, nice. Ryan Glenn gave us money. Uh, Sarah and Bayard Godsave. Nice. Still my favorite name ever, Bayard Godsave. Godsave. And Sarah. Sarah Marine, that's his wife. Uh, John Benson. Benson gave us money. Wow. Paul Gagliardi. Good Italian, yeah. right? He gave me crap because I have that Newman's uh, pasta sauce. Yeah. I didn't realize how offended some people get. He was offended, huh? Well, you know, he was kind of like half joking, but I think he was yeah. kind of serious. Like, He's got to like Paul Newman, though. Right. Well, that's what I said. As I said, pro- profits go to charity. Yeah. Well, who cares? Uh, Noah Bland, Stephanie Kiao. I had to email Stephanie last night. I said, Stephanie, you know, because I've known her for a long time. She was actually one of my bosses when I worked at Borders, like way Uh back in the day. I said, Stephanie, I've known you for a long time. I'm really embarrassed to admit this, but I have no idea how to pronounce your last name. So she spelled it out phonetically for me. Kiao. Angela Stucker. My, uh, so then Mike Felton, who's Mm -hmm. actually my dad's cousin. Okay. So I think that would make him my cousin once removed. I'm not good at that kind of thing. Ali Sperling, Adam McConaughey, uh, where are we? Vicky Bott, that's a good name too, mm. Vicky Bott. Uh, Tom Ohm, he was my mm. old neighbor. We used to sit on our porches and play guitar. Mm. Uh, Shane Bell. Okay, so I'm, that's a lot, and I'm glad I got through those, but I'll get to the rest of them later so we can get back into this All right. for now. So yeah, one of the things we used to do mm-hmm. is go to Sam's Club, yeah. remember, and buy a box of like Snicker bars, whatever. Yeah. 
and then we would go sit in the lobby and play guitars yeah. and, and panhandle like basically to parents right like kids yeah. would be in there with their parents and their parents would feel sorry for Those us were our best customers right parents <laughs> we'd tell them oh we're just trying to make some lunch money yeah and we'd we're go just to, trying great to get wall. to great wall right because we would actually say that hey we're just trying to get to taco bell <laughs> yeah. we're just trying to get the great wall we don't we're not asking for anything crazy we were like the honest homeless people who say i'm just trying <laughs> to buy some booze come on help yeah, me out right. you know and you're like all right here you go mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, we spent a lot of time together then, obviously, but I don't really know a whole mm-hmm. lot about you before that time. Yeah. One of the few things I do know is that you were homeschooled for a yeah. while, right? Like, well, yeah. Was this like a religious thing? Or, no. How, how did that come about? Why did Man. that? Homeschooling, huh? Well, let's yeah. see. So I guess it came out of the fact that my parents, <clears throat> so my parents were, I think I came from a very like... Uh, traditional american family right you know two uh, i come from came from a big family two older uh sisters two younger brothers mm-hmm. multiple dogs you know living right. in the suburbs kind of thing yeah the, where were you guys like batavia or something yeah like i lived in batavia for a while but i grew up and was born in glendale heights okay and it kind of bounced all around the suburbs mm-hmm. and my parents my mom was a uh, an attorney my dad was a firefighter so we were like a pretty like upper middle class i guess you would say we're like we were do- we we're doing okay. Yeah. If we didn't, if they didn't have fucking five children, right? To provide for, we probably would have been really good. What did you, know? you kind of resent like the other kids because of that? Oh yeah, I was like the middle child. Oh, like, that's the worst. Middle yeah. child syndrome, and so, I realized through counseling now that I have, I have. Yeah. Are you I, going to the therapist? Do you yeah. see a therapist? It's yeah. great. I love it. Yeah, I, I did it for a long time, and then my insurance yeah. ran out, so I can't go anymore. Oh, yeah. That's one of the reasons I think I'm doing this podcast. Like, it's like my <laughs> yeah, therapy. You know? Therapy. We could talk about our yeah. problems. But... Yeah, but I realize I have attention-seeking behavior, which Re- makes so sense you, This is interesting to me, and mm-hmm. I know, like, Paul, who I did episode zero with, he yeah. was kind of making fun of me because when we were recording the practice episode, we had technical problems, and we lost a big right. part of it. But during that lost the lost sessions yeah we were talking about therapists you know yeah and when we lost that file he was kind of making fun of me he's like oh that was very woody allen or something right but i'm, I'm honestly fascinated yeah. with like therapy and people who go to therapy because i i like the, uh, the yeah. experience i mean i don't think it was really helpful to me because right. my therapist and i kind of like didn't like each other mm-hmm. so we never really got to talk about right the things I thought you talk about in therapy, right. like growing up in your family situation, trying to get to the root of some issues, yeah. you know, but you're saying you did have that experience. Yeah. And I really like <clears throat> it. Uh, she, the girl that I see, um, she asked like a lot of leading questions that mm-hmm. make you feel like, I mean, she knows what's going on. Believe you me, right. but she'll ask you leading questions to make you feel good. Like you figured it out yourself. Right, you know? right, right. So I think my big thing was that being a middle child and never really getting attention from or validation from my parents, mm-hmm. you know, especially as I got older and more children started piling up, right? Wait, where'd this one come from? Yeah, come where'd on. this one come yeah. from? You know, this attention. <laughs> yeah. So I go out and do all these things. And my mom is like, uh, you know, my mom is, is like, comes from a pretty, like, she's really intelligent. Mm-hmm. She was like, unless she was lying, she was like approached, she studied in Cambridge and was like... Huh. Uh, like a borderline genius and was like approached by the CAA, all this stuff. Yeah. So nothing really impressed her, like grades or anything. Sure, right. You know. And so did, was she just thinking like, I know more than the teachers, like I can give my kids a better education. Oh, yeah. Were you all homeschooled? Well, kind of. No, just me and my two younger brothers. And what happened was, is that my parents, um, my mom developed these health, both my parents developed health, like major health issues at right. the same time, pretty much. My dad uh, broke his back on on the job firefighting right and that triggered all these other health issues um because at the time like when people used to firefight right like you see in the movies like they used to take their air packs off when they're like investigating the fire trying to find the cause of like you know the the root of the the root of the fire what caused the fire but really that's like the worst time you could take off your you know your air pack is you're breathing in all these like chemicals and everything right so my dad's health started deteriorating and then my mom kind of a freak accident she hurt herself getting out of a chair in her office so they were both and that triggered all these other dormant like health issues she uh developed lupus and multiple sclerosis and all this other stuff autoimmune disorders so they ended up both getting really ill and where exactly was this in terms of like how old were you at the time when this started happening Um, i was i 
freshman in high school. I just finished up my freshman year. Okay. And you were still being homeschooled at that time? No, at that time I was in public school. Okay. And my sisters, my older sisters are both in college. Okay. So it was almost partly out of necessity, like a little bit, because at that time in my life, I became like essentially like the caretaker for my family. Right. I ran all the errands, made all the food. You oh, know, so you start you started off in public school, and then right. when there were these accidents and bad things going on, that's yeah. when they pulled you out, and you were just at home more. Yeah, they made it seem like it was my choice. Right. In retrospect, maybe it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they never told me I had to, but my brothers were homeschooled like a year prior to me, so I'd kind of seen how it all worked. Mm-hmm. You know, them like you know, essentially like it wasn't like my mom really like taught them. They had like homework. And there was an actual school, like, like a, a correspondence program, basically. So yeah. they would send you homework, you would do it, you mail it back, and they grade it. So your parents weren't necessarily like the ones instructing you, right? Yeah. It was this more of a kind of self-guided thing. You had yeah. the materials, and it was kind of up to you to go through them. And... Yeah, because if, if it was my parents teaching me, I would have never done it. Right. But once I saw my siblings doing it, my brothers, and I was like, wow. Yeah. They're just basically doing homework and mailing it in, and then you get to stay home all day. Yeah. You know, and I had this mentality. I, I, I could finish everything like in a few hours and then have the rest of my day free. And so since because you well, because you started off in public school, uh, you probably didn't suffer from like a lack of socialization and all that. Right. Like you had right. friends already. Yeah. So, I mean, did that change when you then got pulled out of public school and you were at home more? Yeah. You just didn't spend or see your friends as much. Uh, yeah. I guess it happened in a really interesting time in my life, like my sophomore year in college you know, I think, or a high school rather, but I, at that time, like my two friends uh, that I really hung out with, Mm -hmm. this guy, Jesse, and then uh, Jay, uh, they both kind of, I don't, I don't want to say like kind of fell off the deep end a little bit. My friend Jesse started doing a bunch of drugs and like got a girl pregnant and we kind of grew apart in that way. And then my friend Jay eventually... You didn't want to get into that kind of thing for no, yourself? No, didn't want to get right. into the... <laughs> you didn't want to be a young father? And yeah, be a young father. Track marks on his arm? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then my friend Jay ended up moving to Texas. So mm-hmm. those are like my two like really good friends. Right. And, but I did... I don't know if I would recommend it. I, I certainly wouldn't do it to my children, like homeschool my children. Right. Because I felt like I was just homeschooled for a few years. Mm-hmm. And I felt like a drop off. Were you... So you were homeschooled then through the time you finished high school. Yeah. So going to college for you... It's a big culture shock. It was like an Amish kid on yeah. Rumspringa. Yeah, or exactly. Something. Like, because you didn't really go wild or anything no. in college. I think that was my way of dealing with it, really. Instead of like indulging, mm-hmm. I was so kind of like terrified, even of drinking at first, right. right? Or like I remember being at like a first party where I was around, you know, somebody like smoking pot or whatever. Right. And thinking like, that's one element of like the high school experience is like your introduction to all these things, um, you know, gradually and you kind of build this like frame of reference and you build this like knowledge of, yeah, you know where the middle of the road is, right? Because exactly. you've, you've tried it, you know how much is too much, right? Most people anyway, yeah. it, it works like that. Or you have a frame of reference, like you've seen other people, you know, do it, right. you know, people around you in you school. Know, yeah. You know whether it's normal right. to see to like hallucinate and, and <laughs> you know, see like demons, yeah, violating you or something. Oh, no, yeah. that's fine. That's normal. That's supposed to happen. But since you didn't have any of that kind of uh, like spring training, right? Really, exactly. you felt like you went straight to the major leagues. Straight to the major leagues. And I've got to be careful here. Yeah, and it was more scary than anything. Yeah, and I felt right. like an idiot because like at the time, I think I was so, especially coming out of that situation with my parents, where mm-hmm. like I was so. Like, it was so emotionally demanding and stressful. Like, my parents almost died, like, several times when I was sure. taking care of them. And at that period of my life, you know, I had this, like, intense bond with my parents. You know, I felt like in my family, really, it was, like, this whole, you know, war buddy kind of thing. Like, we're all in the foxholes together kind of mentality. Right. So coming out of that, I think I was so dependent on friendships, really, mm-hmm. to, like, fill part of that void of being away from home. And then also for like the validation of it, you know, cause I hadn't really had like a good solid group of friends since I was in public schools. Right. So I kind of feel bad, like you and like a lot of my first friends I met who I'm still good friends with, we're still good friends with now. 
I feel like I was so my my frame of reference was so bad engaging like what's normal in a friendship. I felt like I was so needy as a friend hmm. and I would get so like upset if I felt like slighted in a way or like if I wasn't invited to something and I, I would just take it really like really hard and really personally. Yeah. You know. That's interesting because I was going to ask, mm-hmm. you know, how you think that experience like affects you now. Right. Or if it still does. I mean, obviously, you know, you're mm-hmm. talking with a therapist. It's right. something that's kind of somewhere in your mind, right? Oh, like sure. This might be an issue. Um, but I remember, you know, there was that time we lived together, right? This was after I came back from Springfield. Mm-hmm. And we probably don't have to include names here, right? But you were dating right. somebody at the time, yeah. and then you guys broke up. Yeah. And we kind of had, I, I guess, awkward is a nice way to say it. We had like right. this awkward period where... Yeah. You know, I think you kind of resented me because I remained mm-hmm. friends with her, with, right? right? Your yeah. ex-girlfriend. And um, like at the time, it didn't make sense to me at all. Right. Like I didn't understand why you were so upset about, you know, and there, you know, in retrospect, looking back at it, there are things now that mm-hmm. I did that I don't think were like bad or wrong, but right. I totally understand why somebody in sure. your position would have been upset by them. Right. And I think if the roles had been reversed, I probably actually would have felt very similarly, right? right? Like to the way you did. Um, But is that an example of like what you you think, like why that, why maybe some of the things I did then or the type of relationship I had with her like affected you in the way that it did? Yeah, I would say that, yeah, that's definitely a fair assessment. I mean, I think that I, in thinking back on it now, not only that, but other situations, I think I was just so with that breakup in particular, I felt like so... That was the first time I had been dumped, really. Right, right. right. So I went through all that, like, weeping over a journal bullshit that, right. like, I really should have gone through. Like, we were talking about knowing the middle of the road. I should have gone through that in high school. Right, right. So I was in this place where I was so emotionally, like, damaged. That sounds really extreme for a breakup because it really wasn't that bad in retrospect. Now it seems like there's a whole lot of melodrama around that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like water under the bridge obviously but it's like at the time it was like that extreme like oh i just had my my first like heartbreak kind right. of thing so with that came all that other baggage of like you know however you want to say but i remember that my moment breaking through that i think was i was talking with nate who was a roommate of mine also a friend of yours mm-hmm. and he one time said to me something i don't think i'll forget and he goes you just need to play ping pong with Ron. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Ping pong? What? He goes, no. He's like, you guys just need to like get a beer in you and play ping pong. He said, one time I had this big argument with a friend. We played ping pong together and we just got it all out where we were playing aggressively and we were yelling at each other. We were like screaming. Like Forrest Gump style, slamming the ball. Exactly. And he said, at the end of the game, we just went and we hugged each other and it was all good. But we did have conversations at the time. Yeah. But I think like we were both uh, in places kind of emotionally or mentally, right. whatever, where those conversations were just never going to be productive. Yeah. Like, I don't think we I ever... I think we're both stubborn, too. We're, I think so. I've realized like I'm very No, I'm not. Stubborn. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, but like, the, yeah, those conversations just were never going to be that productive. Right. And I don't think we ever really resolved it yeah. in like an adult way. Do you right. know what I mean? Like sitting down and just yeah. talking about it and saying, I understand why you feel this way. I apologize yeah. for, you know, like yeah. I should have totally apologized right. for certain things that I just have never apologized right. for. You know, we maybe we could deal with that later. We'll, sure. we'll get drunk tonight and have a big <laughs> hug and play ping pong. <laughs> but I mean, obviously we're okay with, I mean, I yeah. think oh, yeah. we're fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like like you said, I mean, I think that maybe that is a little bit of like self-discovery on my part of like not only the relationship, but all my relationships with people and like coming out of this traumatic situation with my parents, right. you know, thinking back and thinking like, wow, how does that shape you as a person? Um, this is interesting to, to think about and realize like how all your experiences in life kind of inform your decisions as an adult. And sometimes it's kind of scary. Like you think about like, I don't know about you, but I've got, I've got a little bit of like mom issues, right? You do? From, yeah, my mom not paying attention to me okay. all the time, right? So you mean like now you're trying to get attention from? Well, just from everybody, right? I'm getting better with it. But yeah. I feel like I have, it, it made, the situation like made me who I am, right? Like right. I, I Absolutely. almost had like this chip on my shoulder with like, I'll show my mom and I'll show my parents. Right. I'll do this. 
I'll go out and start my own company or whatever. Yeah, that was another thing I wanted to talk about because, you know, like I said, I know nothing really mm-hmm. of your family situation, the family mm-hmm. dynamics. I mean, I knew about, you know, some of the health issues right. your dad in particular was having and right. when all that was going on. But I always wondered because, and we can kind of get into that, like what mm-hmm. you do now in terms of like your business and, yeah. you know, your comedy stuff, all of that. Mm-hmm. But when we were at Northern, right, like that's how you first got started into kind of booking and promoting right. bands. You would do that with CAB, right? Yeah. The Campus Activities Board. Yeah. Um, so what were some of the discussions going on between you and your family about what you were doing at that time? And then especially, I guess, as you were preparing to right. kind of take the next step and sure. do it as like your, you know, career, your yeah. career, right? Yeah. Well, I think at the time, like uh, my parents never understood. And it wasn't until just like a year ago, I think that they finally kind of got it. Mm. So I'm a concert and event planner and that's what I do. I run a company and I I uh, book talent and I produce the event. I staff it, right. advertise it, run the event, um, manage everything. You want to plug yourself, website or something Yeah, right Kickstand now? Productions, kickstandproductions.net. Yeah. So that's my concert production company. Right. I started it just out of college and it's kind of snowballed over time, luckily with like a lot of hard work and some opportunities. But my parents never really took it seriously um, at all. I never really understood it until like a few years ago or a year and a half ago, I booked Snoop Dogg. And that was like the first time where they were like, oh, I know who that is. Right. You know. So you must be doing all right. Right. So before that, it wasn't even that they were necessarily, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but was it that they were concerned like, oh, why don't you get a real job? Or they just right. didn't understand enough to even kind of be critical. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A little bit like in the middle, Mm. like they weren't overly critical, but the fact that they weren't supportive is kind of like, you know, what led me to believe that they they don't really like, they're not really behind this. Otherwise they'd be interested or they'd talk to me about it or they'd, you know, they just, I felt like they were like humoring me as I went through these steps. They were waiting for me to like kind of fall on my face and then. Like this was just some kind of phase you were going through and you'll grow up one day. Exactly. Yeah. You showed them. I did show them. It's that chip on my shoulder. Assholes. Yeah, yeah right. What about your uh, your siblings now? What kind of yeah. relationship do you have with them? Because it seems like you guys, mm-hmm. maybe your your older sister's not so much right. because they were kind of out of the house when sure. you know you got pulled into the homeschooling thing and right. all that. But um, you know your brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of you guys kind of like went through the war together in a way? Yeah. So what kind of relationship do you have with all those those guys now? A uh, really good relationship, for the most part. Yeah, I would say like they're. I don't, you know, my family has this weird dynamic where I think out of this stressful situation, I should say like when I grew, when I was growing up, I had a great, like, I think very charmed, like leave it to beaver type childhood, you know, like just nothing new to report, nothing dramatic to report, like pretty good. Yeah. It's when my parents health deteriorated, everything kind of, you know, went to shit for better, lack of a better way of putting it. So there's always this mentality that again, that in the foxhole, like war mentality, where for whatever reason, like whenever someone leaves the house and establishes some sort of independence outside of the family, with that, we have this like revolving black sheep mm. door of like who is the black sheep of the, of the family. Like, do you feel uh, as though the, maybe you can put it this way, like the remaining family members yeah. feel abandoned by the yes, one who's kind of exactly. gone off and is doing his or her own thing? For whatever reason, they feel abandoned. Even if yeah. you're, say, reason is as valid as going to college. Right. So they happen to how both my sisters. Yeah. yeah, how dare you? Right. Um, so my relationship with my brothers kind of fell off a little bit when I moved out of the house because the family kind of like distanced themselves a little bit. Not distanced, but, you know, I'm always the one to kind of initiate the relationship, sure. you know, or initiate like the conversation and, and stuff. And do you feel like maybe they were also a little resentful too because you yeah. got to leave and they couldn't? Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. That's definitely there. But I think my brothers and I work past a lot of that. So we get along well. Um, my older sister, I probably get along with, you know, I don't want to say like the best, like better than anybody, but because she's your favorite. Because she's my favorite. Right. <laughs> right. But she kind of filled the mother role in our family. Like when my parents were really busy and out of the house a lot she was the the babysitter and the one who introduced me to music and you know when i went to college she was the one that bought me 200 dollars of stuff from like bed bath and beyond right, right. for my dorm room pimp it yeah. out pimp your crib pimp, pimping it out, yeah. Yeah. 
Do you want to talk at all about um, like tonight? You have the show, yeah. Right, the IO. Is it just yeah. called IO now? It's not Improv Olympic anymore. Yeah, it's really hard to get used to that. Yeah, IO Improv Olympic. Yeah. So I mean, how did all that come about? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, we both have been interested in right. comedy to some. I mean, who, yeah. I guess who isn't? But sure. maybe more so than most people. You mm-hmm. and I have had an interesting relationship in that it seems to always kind of, um, in some ways, revolve around right something funny, whether yeah. it's a project right doing the tv sure. show or the that radio stuff we were talking about in that sense it's not a surprise to me that you kind of have pursued sure what you're doing now but do you want to explain a little yeah. bit i mean because I, I know vaguely what you're doing yeah. but i don't really know how you got started doing this stuff with io yeah. and, and what exactly you're even doing with them yeah. now well performance is like the quickest way to get attention right okay is that <laughs> what is that what your therapist told you uh maybe probably yeah but not i don't i want to say that's why i do it i think that yeah you know, you and I both have been like very involved, like creatively. And I felt this need to, well, number one, going full circle, like back to the the TV show. Right. I had always told myself at that time, along with Alex Fernandez, who worked on the show with us, Mm -hmm. that we would, we kind of would, we we would both go to IO and we would both take improv classes. We would both like try to actively pursue some sort of like career on comedy wait when did you guys have this discussion we would just talk about it in college sometimes okay because he made it very clear that he was going to and he was more serious than i was right and it was the kind of thing where like i kind of like envied his like ambition sure and, you know we'd just be like oh yeah i think i'll do that too or i think i'll try and i never did i started my company and like kind of got him busy with work and found reasons for myself not to do it and then one day a year and a half ago i just got up the courage to just register and do it and i take improvised or improvisational comedy classes at io Mm -hmm. which is basically for people that don't know improv it's just the art of developing a short form play essentially on the spot you know and it's all predicated on agreement and working with your scene partner and like fabricating and building this like relationship between you that then in an environment that is compelling or palatable to watch as a viewer mm-hmm. or is like has emotional depth or some sort of interest to it doesn't necessarily have to be funny um so i do that i just graduated from there and i'm taking registered for classes at the annoyance theater and kind of involved in the, in the scene out here performing at different theaters and with independent improv teams or Tonight I'm performing in this sketch comedy show at I.O. called Saturday Saturday. Um, so all sorts of performance stuff. And I think the way that it kind of changed, I would go as far as to say it changed my life in a very positive way, is the philosophy of, it's almost like therapy, like in a way I could equate it to therapy. And I started thinking about that when you uh, were describing, mm-hmm. I don't actually, I don't know if you use this word exactly, but it's what I heard. Yeah when you're talking about working with other people on stage that mm-hmm. like trust would be a big thing. Yeah. Right? Trust is huge. And so I wonder maybe how that in some way relates to what we were talking about earlier yeah. and some of the things you discuss, you know, with your therapist yeah. with regard to your, your childhood and your upbringing. It's all full circle. Like it's yeah. made me a lot more like available and a lot more open to ideas. And I think one thing like I quickly realized and a lot of people do when they take classes and a lot of the reasons why it's used for like team building for businesses, mm-hmm. they'll bring in like somebody to do an improv workshop because you quickly find out that you have a tendency as a human being when you're making something up to like to go to argument or to not agree with somebody or to not look at them in the eye. And you quickly find out that you're a terrible listener. Mm-hmm. And those are the most important things, like avoiding argument, agreeing, accepting other people's ideas, and finding a way to relate to somebody because you're doing something that is incredibly terrifying in performing, being completely naked in front of people, essentially, right. not having a script. And all you really have is the support and trust in your partner. And you have to just trust that, like, hey, if you make a move, and introduce it to the reality of this scene. I'm going to help validate it and some reason support it. And I know that you'll do the same thing for me. Right. You know, so it made me walk through the world a little, like keeping my head up more, listening, eye contact, and like just generally more open to other people's ideas. John, uh, we're actually at about 60 minutes. Uh Do you want to stick around and record a part two? Yeah, I'd love to. All right. So we're going to wrap up this episode. So this is... 
episode one, Strangers Strangers in My Life podcast, yeah. right? S I M L podcast dot com. On the Twitter too. Did I say earlier what the what do you call that? Twitter handle? Yeah, Twitter. It's handle. like a truckers have a yeah. What's your whatever is that a handle is that what they call it? <laughs> i think so yeah whatever Trucker handle yeah so you could just go to the website you could find sure. links to all that stuff i have to before we go i have to finish reading these thank yous though and then also we've got that letter yeah from the uh heard about this national pork board retail advisory committee wow that i am being asked more or less i think told is more accurate to read you're not episode. even one episode in, you're already causing into trouble. trouble. It's the TV show all over again. <laughs> so let me read through these thank yous really quickly, um, and then we'll do the letter, and then we'll sign off, yeah. and then we'll start recording part two. So I have to thank Michelle and Louis Christopher, Great friends people. of ours, uh, Jennifer Contney, mm-hmm. thank you very much, Susan Kearns, she was my first friend in Milwaukee when I moved there to start mm-hmm. my program. Thank you, Susan. Rachel Haley Himmelheber. Thank you, Rachel. Lisa England, thank you so much. Kelly Johnson, nice. how about that? Kijo, yeah. we used to live with him in the Purple House. Maybe we could talk about that in yeah. part two. We've got some stories. We could probably invite him over here for part two. He told me he's around this afternoon. Well, okay, we might try to do that. <laughs> part two might be interesting. Uh, Sarah Etlinger, thank you, Sarah. Valerie Arkell, nice. thank you. Meredith McCann, yep. thank you. She has a fantastic blog. She writes about uh, that show House Hunters. <laughs> it's the funniest stuff I've ever read. She's probably. hilarious to me. Kara uh, Vandegraaff, thank you so much, Kara. Angela Catalano, thank you, Angela. Angela made me a good CD. It's called, uh, do you know this band, Pure X? No. Oh, they're good. I think that's the name. I hope I'm not getting I listened to it on the, well, I've been listening to it the last few days. It's really good. Sarah Pemilton, thank you, Sarah. Jessica Nastel, I went to Mexico with Jessica. She was... Oh. And, you know, uh, Natasha Ryan, thank you. And my sister, Jessica, she actually gave me one of these two microphones for my birthday, which helped out. That was like a yeah. huge contribution. And then there's somebody who donated money, but when they donate money through the website, they can click a box that says, do not reveal identity. Sure. But I know who it is. Like, uh-huh. it, it reveals it to me, but it says, like, I'm not supposed to make it public. So I don't know if I'm supposed to. I probably shouldn't read it, right? Huh. I should email this person and ask. And then yeah. if they say it's okay, then maybe in episode two. So not episode 1.5, but episode right. two, I'll read it. Uh, so that's it. Okay. This is my catchphrase. That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. If somebody asked me, they said, what's, gonna, what are your, what's your catchphrase going to be? I said, it should just be, this is my catchphrase. <laughs> this is my catchphrase. Yeah. So this is my catchphrase. All right. Thanks for listening to episode one. And thanks, John, for being yeah. here. I mean, you're not going anywhere. We're yeah. going to start recording. Yeah, thanks 1. for having me. No. All right. And before we go, uh, I received this letter from the National Pork Board Retail Advisory Committee. Pork Board Retail Advisory Committee. Yeah. Uh, it's a response of sorts to something that my guest Paul said in episode zero uh-huh. of Strangers in My Life. So uh, I guess before we sign off, I'll have to read this letter um, per the pork board's request, Mm, just to kind of clear the air, I guess. Uh, So I guess I'll just remind you, the website, simlpodcast.com. My two executive producers, thank you, Corey Lockett, Delbert Bowers. And I don't know, this letter, it makes... John, would you mind what? reading this? It just yeah, makes what me kind of possibly. I'm really interested. They just interested to see what this says. Yeah, just read it. Okay. Uh, it says, "Dear Mr. Felton, uh, a recent episode of your podcast, Strangers in My Life, uh, was brought to our attention by a person who shall remain anonymous. In said episode, your guest, Paul Gagliardi, uh, recounted an experience he claims to have had during which he supposedly encountered at least two people who were traveling to one of our conventions." Uh, While Mr. Gagliardi's story wasn't necessarily mean-spirited, at least with regard to our organization, he did describe one of the people in question as resembling an unfortunate character from Robert Zemeckis' 1994 Academy Award-winning film Forrest Gump. We appreciate Mr. Gagliardi's enthusiasm for pork. He mentioned that he'd welcome the opportunity to sample various pork products. But we, as a respectable and responsible organization, feel compelled to correct you and your guest on one point, Peter's Pork poke 
which you claimed is one of your sponsors, doesn't exist. We here at the NPBRAC would appreciate it if you'd read our letter, i.e. clarification, during your next episode so your listeners aren't misled. To be clear, Peter's Pork Poke is not a real establishment, and if an organization is operating under this name, it is certainly not under our jurisdiction as we are absolutely not responsible in any way for the products it serves. Remember, and please remind your listeners, that our mission, as stated on our website, pork.org, is to harness the resources of all producers uh, to capture opportunity, address challenges, and satisfy customers. In short, we want to put our pork into you. Be careful, Mr. Felton, and please make this correction. We oink going to take it. Sincerely, the National Pork Board Retail Advisory Committee. 